it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensey. Tim, how's it going, my man? It's good. Tired, but uh, honestly, I had a pretty good weekend. Finally, looks like we're going to have three decent days to string together, so I can finally paint my porch. Oh, has the weather just been shitty in Calgary? It's been like... Every other day, it's had like a spontaneous storm, or it's been above thirty degrees. So then you can't paint. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal, right? And even like I know, like have you talked to any of the guys in Ottawa right now about the weather they're going through? Right oh, now? all the thunderstorms they're having too. Yeah. Because like our weather isn't bad per se. It's just you need three days of like very specific weather so you can paint. Yeah. And I'm not getting that. Otherwise, the weather is great. That's good. It's not like Nova Scotia where they're flooding again. Yeah, or in Maui where it's on fire. Uh, I've been told that on fire is a nice way to put it. Yeah, Dante's Inferno, I heard it said. It's worse. Yeah, that's wild. It is wild. But you know what's also wild, Tim, is the fact that this is our first episode back. I mean, we haven't been recording at all this summer, and I'm glad to just announce that this is our season seven, or as I like to refer it, the Silver Seventh Season pre-show. Now, we got lots to talk about today. Now, before we get into anything, we got to talk about what we've been up to this summer, Tim. So, Tim, I'm going to leave it up to you. How's your summer been going, my man? You know, it's been pretty good. Just kind of bouncing between a lot of different stuff, like, we mentioned earlier in the last season that, yeah, I got married, went on a honeymoon. Then after that, uh, we had a bunch of people, just people either visiting or I've been helping out a lot with the church. Uh, we're starting to get the basement ready to finish it. Yeah. And then this past weekend, we went to a family reunion out in uh, southwest Manitoba, which is about as rural as it gets. <laughs> Okay, so you got to explain this drive, because you and I were talking a little bit before we were hitting record, I know, breaking kayfabe as always, but you were talking about that drive, that 10 plus hour drive from Calgary to Manitoba. To Manitoba, yeah. So the town is like right close to the uh, Saskatchewan border. So if you look up like the town's called, well, I'm not going to tell the town so that you can probably figure out who I am from that town name alone, but it's close to Verdon, Manitoba. So that's the nearest big city, either that or Melita. But yeah, so the drive from Calgary to the Alberta border, it's interesting enough. There's stuff that varies. There's the world's biggest TP and medicine hat. Brooks smells like a meat processing plant. And yeah, so you just keep on you just keep on driving. Then you hit Saskatchewan. And then there's literally nothing. Yeah, I, I kind of got that vibe too when I was in Al- Alberta this summer. Yeah, and the worst part was is that on the way there, Chelsea drove the first three hours and I drove the last six. Driving across the first three hours from Alberta to Saskatchewan, not too bad. You get to see world's biggest TP and medicine hat. Uh, Brooks smells like a meat packing plant. So there's interesting, it's variety, stuff's happening. Then you get to Saskatchewan. And the most interesting thing, until you get to Moose Jaw, which is three hours on its own, uh, you pass around Swift Current. That's kind of all right, I guess. Uh, and then there's this town that just has a giant sulfur pile outside of it. That That's it. 
that's just like the reason to go there. It, there's like 200 people in this town on the highway and that's like the only interesting thing on the highway is you pass by it and there's just this giant white pile next to the highway you're like okay that's interesting so it's essentially if corner gas was a real place yeah it's like a town like dog river but i guess dog river never really smelled like yeah dog river didn't actually smell like sulfur right that we know because it was a tv show yeah I mean, I wouldn't imagine a town like that smelling like sulfur. No, it would imagine. I would imagine. What do you think Dog River would smell like? I imagine Dog River would smell like farming equipment, diesel. Pulp. Yeah, it smells like a farm, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it might smell like wet dog. I don't know. Eventually, we did pass by some stuff. So we stopped and took photos by the giant moose. And closer to the end, like, Oh, we drove by, we drove down the worst highway I've ever been on. Highway 33 between Stoughton and Regina. Parts of it, it just became a dirt road. But before those parts, there were potholes bigger than my car. And the speed level was 100. And I was like, I'm not doing 100 right now. Oh, is it kind of like Main Street and The Simpsons? Like with <laughs> Marjorie's the monorail where the freaking popcorn guy goes into the hole? about that yeah yeah with the pothole that's just bigger than your car but we did see the giant mountie outside of red versus saskatchewan that was kind of fun oh neat i do gotta ask about moose shot because i saw that you and chelsea posted the picture what was the caption that either you or her posted was like i imagine the moose would be bigger that was me it was like i'm disappointed with how yeah i was like so like I think I was even meaner. What did I write? Uh, NGL is expecting the world's biggest moose and moose jaw to be bigger. Yeah, you know what that reminded me of? It's like, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the uh, Leroy, Leroy behind the camera guy. You know, yeah. if, you come to, if you come to a moose jaw, you might notice the big giant moose you got here. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah, or someone else, someone posted on that, the picture of Homer looking at the giant can of fosters. <laughs> it's pretty big. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's not as good as the picture that Chelsea posted of you, and it was just you sitting on a park bench. And I post, I commented this. It looks like Tim's gonna drop the sickest mixtape we've ever heard. I'm gonna have to find that. Where is that picture? It's on Facebook. Oh, is it one of the ones from Japan? I think so. Tim's that. about to drop a mixtape. Yeah. Oh yeah, the one where I'm. Okay, so what's cool about that is that uh, describe audio for the visually impaired. Uh, behind, I'm sitting on this couch, and behind me are two fish tanks, and the fish tanks have nothing but goldfish in them. It's like, yeah, Tim's about to drop the sickest mixtape. Tim looking like he's about to drop a sick mixtape. Yeah. Well, it's also my hair was like sweat, da sweat down that day, because I think it was like 30 degrees in Nara that day. And you wore a coat. Yeah. How else am I going to keep my passport secure? I mean, would you keep your passport in like a jeans or shorts back pocket? I don't carry my passport on me. You legally have to. Really? It's your permission to leave or be in the other country. Is that right? Eh? I've never ever carried my passport on me. I carry. Yeah, my usually you're. Like, yeah, if you get stopped by a police officer, they want to see your passport. Well, the more you know. 
like Canada, you don't have to carry your passport, but Bobby. Yeah. Like Japan, I, I like to keep my passport on me because like if they ask for ID, you have to give it. What about in the States? Does that count? I don't think you said have to in the US. Hmm. I was gonna say I've never ever carried my passport on me in the States, so Yeah, because the Japanese like to check ID. Right. And Oh, and you actually have to give it at every hotel you stay at. In Japan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, any for if you're a foreigner right. staying at a hotel, you have they take a photocopy of your passport. Okay. I've never I did actually know that, Tim. Yeah, it, I think it was a law that came in 2016, I want to say, but yeah, the first time I have to is like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> is there any specific reason why that is? I think they were having problems with illegal immigration. Oh, okay. But anyway, Red versus Scat. Yeah, so Giant Mountie. Actual family reunion is fun. Just kind of bomb around the small town, hang out with uh, people you haven't seen in a while. You know, the usual. Yeah, honestly, I haven't been to a family reunion since I was like a little, little kid. I think this is the second one I've been to. Ever. Okay. Yeah, because you have a fairly decent sized family, right? On is it your Yeah, but they're all like all over the place, right? Right. And I didn't I didn't actually invite all that many that much of my family to my wedding either, right? Like there's like large sections of the family that I just met for the first time this weekend, right? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, but immediately for family, I mean it's what your immediate family, maybe cousins and aunts and uncles. Yeah. You. Yeah, because I think I invited all my aunts and uncles. I think all of them came. Yeah, all of them came. And all but they're them. all pretty close. Yeah, we can't say that n none of them didn't have a good time. So Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah, so how's summer been for you? It's been good. It's been really good. And I do. I am going to talk a little bit about my trip to Alberta a few weeks ago. But before I get into that, I actually want to make a quick announcement here, Tim, because... As a lot of people know on the show, I refer to a gentleman named Adam. Adam lives in Welland. He's not some made-up guy like Adam Melnick. Adam from Welland <laughs> is a real guy. And so Adam and I, like we've been, you know, we've been friendly through the show and whatever, and we've been friends and whatever. And he and I, and I'm happy to announce that he had a podcast, Three Ghosts to Eight, Four Ghosts podcast. Yep. Well, I'm happy to announce that. Adam is going to be rebooting it. Ooh. Yeah, so hopefully in the next couple of weeks he'll be up rebooting it. Now, you might be asking yourselves, Tim, and our listeners, well, Tay, why are you the one announcing this? It's because... Because you I, have a podcast. That's right. It's because I will be joining him as his co-host. Oh, fancy pantsy. Yeah, it's been something, you know, I basically what I wanted is that I just wanted the... You know, the role that you've perfected for the past six years of being my esteemed co-host. Yeah, yeah. Making the other guy do 99% of the work. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, no. Editing is a lot of work. Don't get me. Don't get yourself wrong there. I know. I've said on this show, that's like the greatest compliment you ever gave me was like, I didn't realize the amount of work Tay puts into this podcast until you started doing <laughs> Wild Wild Voice. Until it's like, oh, fuck, I have to edit this thing. Yeah. And I got the last laugh. I'm like, ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No. I don't even know the last time I recorded an episode of Wild Wild Wise. It's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, I have been very busy. Yeah, that's fair. No, that is incredibly fair. Now, with this quick, now with this announcement, one or two of you may be asking, but Tay, did you have your own podcast, The Great White Experience? I do. And that show has been put on hiatus for now. You know, sometime down the road, if I want to do an episode or two, maybe I have something like, okay, I can't do it for third line. I can't do it for three ghosts. I'll do it on there. Yeah. But for the time being, that show is going to be put on hold and I'll be focusing on three ghosts as well as my duties here with third line plug. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, it's going to be. So are we going to be the first guests on the rebooted? (laughs) Well, I might have to, Tim. I mean, Christ, like you and I, we were on his show a couple of times in the past, so. I think, weren't we like one of the first guests on the previous one? Yeah. And I told uh, the sugar story. Yes, you did. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I was, and it's funny, I was thinking about that, too, the other day. I was like, oh, man, I don't know what it is. It just popped in my head. It's kind of like how, I don't know what it was. There was a clip of Ilya Brizgala from like 2006 when he was playing for Anaheim when Chris Pronger left the Oilers. Yeah. And people were pissed off at Pronger for leaving to go to Anaheim. And Brizgala goes, It's only game. Like, why are you so mad? Why do you have to be mad? It was just like, oh my God. And I don't know why. It just, it's in that dark corner of your brain that for whatever reason, you'll be doing something and that moment will pop up in your head and you'll be like, well, that's in my head now. And it's never going. That's right. It goes up there with the Andy Sutton, you're an expert. Why are you so <laughs> mad? And the sugar story. <laughs> oh, the sugar story. Good times. Good times. Now, it's also a good time, Tim, is my recent trip to Alberta. For the first time in five years, I landed in Alberta. I was there for just over a week, week and a half, give or take. And I want to talk a little bit about it because I know you were talking about the drive from Calgary to Western Manitoba, and I did a very similar drive. So my girlfriend, Katrina, who's in the other room, she's listening to me right now, probably going, and I 100% know that she's going to listen to me saying that. She goes, you're not right. That was wrong. God, Taylor. So here's how the trip goes. So we landed in Calgary. We had to get up super early that morning. We flew into Calgary and I did not realize how smoky it was in Alberta when we got there because we were flying into Alberta and it was like, oh, cool. We see the mountains. We see the mountains. Nothing. We look out the window. It's just white. And we're like, oh, Oh. that's not good. And we're flying into Calgary and we couldn't even see Okotoks. Holy we didn't see the ground until we started descending. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was thankfully. And, you know, every time I go to Calgary, which is a couple of times now, I always like looking out the window because I was like knowing I'm in Calgary. A lot of people would look out the window and see the Calgary Tower and say, oh, great, we're at Calgary. I like to look at the Saddle Dome and know that I'm here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a landmark. I just like, you know, the Pringle Chip Roof, as I call it. Oh, my mom always called it the squash beer can. Oh, that's a good word. That's a good term for it, Tim. Yeah, we like it. So we land in Calgary. We go get our rental car. And 
we go get the rental car and it's one of these things where like the rental car wasn't ready so we're like okay Never we'll, is. whatever we'll wait and the guy goes well because it's not ready we'll give you a free upgrade and the free Ooh. upgrade was the hybrid toyota corolla so it was my first one of my first times ever riding and driving in a hybrid corolla and it was hilarious because like we left the airport and at hybrids it's battery powered from like zero to 50 until you hit 50 oh, and wow. up and then it goes from like battery to a motor wow the, the hybrids have really come a long way then because uh we have like an 09 uh camry hybrid mm-hmm. and uh i think the battery kicks off at 30 okay and it was crazy because we got on the highway and we're going along and we go from like zero to 50. Okay, perfect. And it's just, it's so quiet. It, it sounds like, this is the way we describe it. Do you remember the episode of The Simpsons with the Movementarians? <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it sounded like until you hit over 50 and then it popped in a motor and it sounded like you popped it neutral and put your foot to the floor. It was like revving. Like, it was like it's like oh jesus christ it's kind of cool though eh it was kind of neat i'm not gonna lie but it was like kind of off-putting at first when you hear that you're like oh okay so anyway get on the highway and we're driving to caster which is where she's from and then caster to calgary is about three hours yep and katrina always told me says listen we're going to take you to my hometown. It's in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. She's not lying about this. So we get on the highway and we're driving. And we're driving. And we're driving. And we're driving. And I'm looking out the window going, oh, you know, this is a pretty place, whatever. And then I see a sign. Saskatchewan border this way. <laughs> and I look at her and I'm like, where are you taking me? And she's like, oh, no, no, that's fine. That's just the highway to get to the border or whatever. I'm like, where are we? She goes, oh, yeah, Castor is like only not even two hours away from the Saskatchewan border. I was like, oh, neat. Okay. Only 12. Exactly. Oh, that's interesting. If I zoom out too far, you can't even see it on the map. What's that? Castor. Yeah. Oh, look at all these. You must... Oh, you have to go all the way up to Red Deer? Yeah, we had to go to the Vatican for fuckers. Did he at least stop at the donut mill? Yes, we did. Okay, good. We stopped on the way back. Okay. But it was actually one of these cool things, because on the drive to Castor, we drove through Drumheller, which I wish we got more time to... See the dinosaurs? See the dinosaurs, because it was so cool looking at it. And I was like, oh, man, I wish we got a chance to do that. But, you know, I said, eh, okay, that's fine. We'll do that next time we're there. So we get to Castor. And we got to the fa- her family farm. We spent a couple of days there with her family. And we were staying at one of our friends' plays, Des, who mm-hmm. you met. Yeah, she yep. literally is five feet nothing. Dang. Five feet nothing, and she's full of life, I'll tell you. And this is the way, and you know how you're describing where the family reunion is? It essentially is if, like, Letterkenny or Dog River was a real place. <laughs> That's how I describe this place because it was flat and it was uh, something to see. It was in the middle. Of, did it have a grain elevator? I probably. 
because rested still has a great elevator. Honestly, I can't recall if it was cast or coronation. I wish Katrina was in this room. She would just straight up, no, it's not this, it's this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we spent a couple days in her hometown and it was funny. I was teasing her because like we would walk down the street and people would go, oh, hey, Katrina, how's it going? Whatever. And I'm just looking at her like, are, are you secretly the mayor? everybody knows who you are yeah but this is a town of like 850 people so it's like oh it's bigger than reston yeah so we really are like small town you know kind of folk right yep not like the fake small town like that country song that came out stupid jason whatever the hell his name is anyway so spent a couple days in caster we hung out it was all cool couple days later we drive to edmonton now keep in mind i have never been to edmonton why would you do that to yourself well i had some reasons number one is that i had tickets to go see bill burr okay bill burr great comedian for those who don't know so he was performing at a he was doing an outdoor gig in a park in edmonton Kinsman okay. Park. It was a really cool little place i guess it was like a con- uh, not country it was a com- comedy festival that was happening that weekend and I'm trying to recall who is also there. It's like Theo Vaughn was there. He was performing on the, on the Thursday. Well, Please. here's the shitty thing because going back to how I was saying how smoky it was in Alberta when we were there. So I had friends of mine who I used to work with. They drove down from Cochrane. Yeah, they drove up from Cochrane. Oh, wow. And to get to Theo Vaughn, the air indexed, you know, zero being good and 10 being a screen. It was at 11. Yo. It was at 11 that day. And so Theo Vaughn did go on and they were pissed. They were not happy. So they drove back to Cochrane only to find out he was performing the next night. <laughs> oh, no. So, oh, they were so mad. Oh, so I'd they be pissed did too. That. What's that? I'd be so pissed too, man. Oh, my God. I, know. I don't even know if they got the money back for those tickets, too. Oh, they wouldn't have. No. So we lucked out. So we were honestly worried, like, oh, my God, we're going to miss Bill Burr. It's going to get smoked out, whatever. Didn't get smoked out. The air index was eight. Bill Burr went on. And I got to tell you, it was it was great. Yeah, no, it's a good shit. It's a good time. No, it was great. And you know what's funny is uh, Bill even said on this podcast, he was giving his promoter shit because, like, he says, Jesus Christ, I don't ever perform in parks. I'm not, like, 20 years old anymore. Like, what is this crap? <laughs> So he, he goes out on the stage and of course it's just mm. cloudy and orange and whatever, excuse me, whatever. And Bill looks down and goes, Jesus, look at this place. It looks like a post-apocalyptic world out there. Like shit's on fire. <laughs> and for those who know Edmonton, there's a part of Edmonton that has like this one way bridge in Edmonton going to like one part to the other. That's like, it looks like it was built like a hundred years ago. Yeah. And it's, oh, that bridge is terrifying too. It's awful. Oh my god, yeah, it was brutal. I've and driven was, across it once. I'm like, never again. Yeah, we drove through over it a couple of times, and it's funny because it's in the skyline where Bill was performing. So he looks at it, he goes, "Look at that fucking thing! It looks like a second grade, a second grader drew that." And his dad, who's an engineer, is like, "Yeah, all right, I guess we'll build it." Yeah, my oh, god. No. I will say though is that. Yeah, I understand why all of the Oilers end up leaving. 
Edmonton, not a not a good place. No, uh, I don't. I've been there a cup, been there more than I care. Yeah, I used to have to go up there for work, and it's like, okay, I'm done. What I need to do? Uh, can I just when leave? Can, what can I do? Uh, nothing. Okay. Uh, downtown sucks. All right. Yep. Although it was funny at the hotel we're staying at in Edmonton, right across the street was a really greasy strip club. Oh no. I know, but it wasn't a bowling alley strip club, though. Bowling alley strip club. Yeah, we're going to, okay, so we're going to circle back to this section later on when I talk about Calgary, because it's such a good story to bring up. But it's Edmonton. Yeah, this is the best way I've described Edmonton. It's dark. It's like just gritty and gungy. It looks like after the Oilers stopped winning the Stanley Cup, they stopped updating the city. It was just like... Just That's a good way of putting it. Brown and beige, brutal. But speaking yeah. of the Oilers, though, Tim, I did get a chance to see the Oilers Arena, Rogers Place. It's a nice building, eh? It is a nice, but it's an odd-looking arena. It is what it is, though. And I did see the Gretzky statue, so I got my photo taken next to it. It was pretty cool. Got a chance to meet up with one of our old friends I used to work with, and we spent the day just traveling around the t- the city. Nice. And it's funny because our friend uh, works at a distillery in Edmonton. And this distillery is, I guess, locally famous. For There's this, I don't know if it's a grain alcohol or a whiskey that they're like famous for in Edmonton. Oh, it's okay. called Grain Wetski. <laughs> it's got like, it's got a drawing of like Wayne Gretzky from the 80s, his face on the bottle. Nice. Now you think, okay, that's kind of cool. Why would that be famous? Well, it's because Wayne Gretzky's people found out about this and threatened to sue them. Well, doesn't Wayne Gretzky, I know he has his own wine. Does he also have his own uh, whiskey or? I don't think he does. I mean, it wouldn't be surprised me. It's Wayne Gretzky. You know what? Have you heard about Wayne Gretzky off the ice? I heard he likes to have a good time. I heard he likes to get banged up. Heard that he likes to uh, be part of gambling rigs. I heard that too. I You talk about a lot of stories about those 80s Oiler players. Let me tell you, there's some uh, there's some stories out there, I tell yeah. you. I mean, old hockey players? I'm not surprised. No, not at all. Not at all. Now to, re- now to cap off the Edmonton portion of my trip is I got to go to West Edmonton Mall. And how was it? It wasn't bad, actually. You know, you get there. It's cool. And I said this to, I was at, I was at my mom's place last night. We are talking about this. And I said, you know, West Ed really just seemed like if you were there once it's cool, second time it's like, eh, okay. After that, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just a mall. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but it was really cool going there the first time they had... You know, they have the mini golf, movie theaters, go-karts, which pissed me off because Katrina never told me about this until I heard the screeching of the tires. And I looked at her like, why did you not tell me about this? <laughs> She's like, I didn't want to do this day. I'm like, okay, fine. So it's funny. Just Katrina... let me take one run. Yes, exactly. So Katrina went off. She had to get some new runners or whatever she had to get at the store. So me and her sister, Lauren, who, who joined us in Edmonton, we were playing mini golf and we're on the second hole 
and there's this family behind us. It was like mom and dad and these two kids. And this one kid's like eight years old, right? Now, you've played mini golf and you know what how kids are like when they play mini golf. He wasn't like putting it. He was like Rory McIlroy. He swung at the ball. Yeah. It pinballed everywhere, like off the course. It missed me by that much. I almost got got it off the head. Well, I remember, uh, <clears throat> I think we went to a pin, sorry, pinball, mini golf place uh, near the end of the school year, grade eight. And we yeah. were doing that. Yes, I was on that trip. I remember this. Yeah, like Kyle and I just freaking wailing on the ball. It's like um, Lee Cavino's putting challenge. I suggest five iron. You have chosen driver. I suggest feather touch. You have said power swing. <laughs> the ball is in the parking lot. Would you like to play again? You have selected no. <laughs> oh my god, Nat, that's exactly what it was like. But you know, I had a good time playing mini golf. And, you know, when you hear stories about Edmonton, you always hear about how, you know, it's a rough and tough kind of blue-collar city, right? Yeah. And so at West Edmonton Mall, they had a Hudson's base. So I was like, okay, well, whatever. I had to get some some stuff or whatever. It's not a big deal. So we go in there, and we hear an argument happen. Oh, no. In the clothing department. And we're like, oh, what no. the hell's going on? And it was just these two guys arguing about something. It almost turned into a fist fight in the store. A fist fight in the hut in in the bay. In the Hudson in the bay at West Edmonton Mall in Edmonton. It, like the store for office drones who want to pretend they're fancy but aren't fancy enough to go shop at Holt Renfrew. Essentially. And old people. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much their clientele nowadays. And so Katrina's like dragging me away, like, no, mm -mm, we're not watching this. And I was like, oh, come on. I just want to see it happen. The little guy hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> exactly. The little guy hasn't done anything. And so here's the best part of the story. So we leave at West Ed, we go back to our hotel, and we're trying to figure out what we want to do for dinner. So we're like, oh, well, let's go to Papa John's. There's a Papa John's on Jasper Ave. And we were just off of Jasper Ave. So I was like, okay, that's. Your choice of all these restaurants was Papa John's? Katrina wanted to go to Papa John's. Why? She likes Papa John's. I've never been. I was like, okay, fine. It was just, you know what it was? The Papa John's was right there. Okay, fine. But there were probably other restaurants literally right there. Even on Jasper. And Jasper sucks. Yeah. I'm going to be indignant. That's fair. But yeah, yeah, no, tell where were you guys? I'm gonna find you a better restaurant immediately. Oh my god. Okay, we were Yeah, staying... no, this is the bit. This is the yeah. bit. We were staying at the Coast Hotel in Edmonton. Right, right, right. Coast Hotel Edmonton. Uh 105 Street. Let's see what we got for you. Oh, the... there's even a freaking Gyukaku right there. Oh, you were you're by a bunch of good Japanese restaurants. Oh, and a chicken place. Well, keep in mind we had Katrina's sister with us too, right? So it was like, oh, there's a northern chicken for fried chicken. There's Korean wayback burgers, yukaku for uh, Japanese barbecue. There was no excuse, literally no excuse. 
Look, this is not, that's not the You could of- have gone to Boston Pizza and that would have been a step up from Papa John's. Okay, you know, that's not the part of, that's not the point of the story, Tim. That This is what I'm taking from the story. No, because there's a better, <laughs> it's like, no, there's a better part of this story that you're not letting me tell you. Okay, fine. Okay, so I had to go to the Papa John's. So I went to the Papa John's, got the pizza, brought it back. Because we were like, okay, well, we're going to drive to Calgary the next day. So we're like, all right, let's just hang up the hotel room. We'll be fine. I get back to the hotel. I'm, you know, waiting for the elevator to come up. There's a fight that almost happens in the lobby. What? Between two people who are staying there. How are you fighting all these fights? I don't know. That's the thing. And I'm like, is this like, is this just how Edmonton is? And I work with somebody who's from Edmonton. He's like, yes. And that strip club he was telling me about, he says, yeah, I went there. May have gone there a couple of times. I'll tell you, it's greasy. There was, he said there was like one stripper who was Russian and she was cursing him out in Russian in the parking lot next to her Mercedes. <laughs> so it was good. So we drive to, then we drive to Calgary and we meet up with our friend Des, who you and Chelsea got a chance to meet. Yep. Got a chance to spend a couple of days in Calgary as well as Banff. Banff is beautiful. Met up with my old work bestie, her husband, and her daughter-in-law. Oh, neat. And here, here's a good story. So our friend Des, we're we're staying, we're, we're not staying. We went to the Great Canadian Brew House in Banff. Oh, come on! It was it was just the most convenient. It was right there. That's not the part point of the story, Tim. Point of story, Des is there. Des has got a thing for Australian guys. Uh huh. The guy at the front, you know, podium is Australian, and she's like, "Oh my god, he's so cute. I should leave him my Snapchat on the desk." And so, of course, he te- she tells us, and we're all busting her chops about it. <laughs> so she does. She writes it on a napkin, throws it on the podium, and I I told Des, I'm like. One of two things is going to happen. He's either going to send you a dick pic or he's going to find out he's gay. I'm so mad. There's so many better options literally across the street. (laughs) This is wild. Oh, God. You stop recording for four weeks and this is what happens. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I will make up for this. Because I'm okay. gonna finish talking about Calgary, so we're in Calgary, and Katrina, my girlfriend, went to Sate. So we went and hung around the Sate campus. We looked around, and everything. Across the street from Sate was an all-you-can-eat sushi place. So we went there with her friend Dana and her now fiance Jay. Congrats, they just got engaged, and so it was really good. So Dana, when she was out here, we took her to Shipyard in Maple Bay. Nice. And she's never had like fresh seafood. She's from landlocked Alberta, so I'm like. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go to shipyard. She proceeded to order the seafood platter, which is like, I don't know, 35 bucks or whatever. But it's like, it's huge. Yeah. She brought the platter to her and she's just like, oh, dum, dum, dum. she's going crazy. And we're watching her do it like, hmm. Girl, can eat. So we go to the sushi place. Same sort of thing. I'm like, oh man, oh, sushi, this is going to be good. And there's Korean barbecue. They have a little propane thing in the middle of the table yeah. where you can grill stuff. I'm like, I'm like heavy breathing of all the rice I ate. I'm like, because was like, I told you to pace yourself. <laughs> I told you to pace yourself. Did you learn? No, no. you did not. 
So we did that and we hung around Calgary for, you know, a couple of days. Like I said, we went to state sushi place. And then one of the last nights we were there, Katrina, who, when she was going to state, two places she wanted to go was this all you can eat sushi place across the street. And there was a Brazilian barbecue place called Minas. So myself, Katrina, Jay, Dana, Dez, all went. Plus Tim and Chelsea. Plus my esteemed co-host and his lovely wife, Tim and Chelsea. Because that was the thing. Every time that, if you know, if you come to the island, we meet up. When I come to Calgary, we meet up. Oh, except for that time that we're all, that uh, we got quarantined. We come to the island, got quarantined. Then we could meet up. Okay, I'm going to give that one a pass just because. Because, yeah, that was the law. Pandemic. Yes. That one is going to get pushed aside. <laughs> but we were talking about this and because uh, that's one of the things. I came to Calgary. Katrina was like, what do you want to do in Calgary? I'm like, I don't know. See the saddle dome. Maybe go see Tim and Chelsea. The only thing I actually didn't get a chance to do is that Bret Hart has a bar in the casino in Calgary called Hitman Bar. Oh, in uh, Cowboys or? I wanted to see that. I didn't get a chance to see that. So it's not then good. I could have showed you the place that I played poker. There you and go. decide I didn't like poker. Not right? And that's the thing. So I come to Calgary and we meet up. And it was funny because we go to Mina's and you were just like, yeah, I see this place every now and then. And I'm thinking, you know, I should take Chelsea here for Valentine's Day. And then it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen because I go to other places. <laughs> yeah. But remember when we drove out to your guys' place in the Northwest, we, you know, there was like me, like we're all in the car. You and Chelsea jump in, we drive back, and it started just hailing. Hailing. Yeah, we're about to get onto Crow Child, and the hail starts. I'm like, well, this sucks. Yeah, I was literally in the car going like, are we even going to make it back into downtown? Well, remember that we, like, we were going down Crowchild, and there was, like, cars parked under the underpass. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, like, it was insane. It was insane looking at this. And I'm like, how do people live in this? Which I don't know. It's all right. Day. You never know. So we go to Mina's, and it's, it's a fairly pricey place. It's, like, 60 bucks a person. But it's an all-you-can-eat Brazilian barbecue place. So they bring the spit right to you. And you and I were sitting there and we watched the, was it the Parmesan beef, the chicken hearts, the lamb, everything gets brought to us. And they're, oh, and the grilled pineapple. And they're just cutting it off right in front of us. That grilled pineapple's so good. It was so good. So good. You know what? I have to say my one takeaway was that chicken heart because I ate it just out of curiosity. Because, you know, when you in got Calgary, it. When in Calgary, you eat it. I ate a chicken heart. I'm just like, and you guys are looking at me like, how is it, Tay? Well. Tastes like a heart. Tastes like a heart. Oh, Katrina didn't like that like. answer. Yeah. No, it was a really, oh my God, it was so good, though. It was one of the best meals I've ever had. That prime, the prime rib was good. I know, right? That was so good. And it was worth going there because it was like all of us. All of us just hanging out, enjoying a company. Because I don't know about you. I think the older I get, I'm probably sh- pretty sure I've probably mentioned this, Beth. I I get more out of like just going to a meal with like people in my life. Yeah, you appreciate it more. Oh yeah, I think. 
like it's definitely one of those things that I've always kind of appreciated. Like I think starting like even in university, I was like, you know what? It's nice like after doing something to just have a meal after. Yeah. Like one of the things that we sometimes do after church is we just go for dim sum. Although they always pick days that volunteer get the cathedral, so I have to like bounce midway through. So it's like ah, but no, it's a good stuff. It's good stuff. It is a good time, and you know you're absolutely right. It is one of those things that I think we take for granted when we're younger because it just it's an everyday thing. Until we get to a point in our life where it's not an everyday thing, so we appreciate it more. Yeah, like now that you've got like a very like set schedules, more mouths to feed, yeah. or even just like even just living with your like your partner, your wife, it's just like oh now I've got like two people's schedules to work with instead of just one person so it's like even scheduling is a little bit harder yeah well it's gonna be harder for me because katrina's going back to school in the fall so oh, okay it'll be as what it is so go back to mina so we go so we finish up our meals so good we're in the front entrance we're talking about it and you and i were talking to dana's fiance jay who's an electrician so he was talking about he was working in some job in manitoba because you were mentioning you're going to the family reunion and he's like, yeah, I remember I was doing this job in Manitoba in this like small town, had a bowling alley with a strip club in it. And you and I were looking at him and we're like, a bowling alley strip club? Like, is it between the lanes? Yeah, I think that's what it was. I'm like, is there like a, is like the stage in between like where the bumpers are? <laughs> the bumpers part of the stage. And we were just like making fun of this whole thing. And I just remember when I, because I drove you and Chelsea back to your guys' place. I'm that was like what you and I were talking about. Where it's like, how does that even work? Like a bowling alley strip club? And Chelsea's like, I freaking don't know how that would work. And I, it's like, I don't want to know how this works, but it's like, yeah, then I got to dunk on you in NBA. That's right. Because we went back to your place. We played some NBA jam on the Sega Genesis. But only after Chelsea, or Katrina and I gave you guys your wedding gift. Yeah, and uh, we've been making good use of it. I finally bought a flavor packet. Okay, what flavor did you get? Uh, we got the Soda Stream branded uh, cherry cola. Okay, this stuff's actually pretty good. Is it? Yeah. I, I know I've seen it in like Canadian Tire and Walmart and stuff, and it's like I don't know if I would drink that though. <laughs> yeah, because I know that you're a Coke Zero guy. Like, would you drink like the Pepsi Zero? Yeah, yeah, because that's what we do. We just drink the Pepsi Zero stuff. It's good. Yeah, I just. My big thing is I've been trying to cut... Well, Chelsea and I have both been trying to cut down caffeine. Why, why are you like this? Well, I don't really drink much caffeine anyway. Yeah, you just run a natural energy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we, we. I saw it first when you were getting married. You're just like, I'm stressed, and I'm working, and I'm planning everything, so shut up! I mean, I, was, I don't... I wasn't planning everything. No, but you were, like, stressed about everything. Yeah, but that's just how I'd normally run. But also, I was not sleeping. Yeah, that didn't help. Well, I blame. I would have gotten a few more hours of sleep if the cat didn't decide he was lonely the night before the bachelor party. Yeah. And then bachelor party night, I didn't get into bed until four. I'm glad that I bounced at mid, like midnight, twelve thirty. Like, like midnight, yeah. I can't believe you couldn't find a cab. Oh, that was the worst. But it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Now, for our listeners who may recall, I don't know how long ago, Tim was talking about the TV stand that he bought. 
Remember the oh, giant? Right. Yeah, the giant one. Yeah. And remember how you were telling me about that? You guys, yeah, the things like, you know, I was standing next to it and I was about as tall as it. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, all right. Kind of an exaggeration, whatever, until I stood next to it. I was like, oh my crap, Tim's not even kidding. No. Like, I thought I sent you photos of the thing. No. no yeah, no. The thing is as tall as I am and three or four times as wide. Because it's two bookshelves. Plus the TV stand. I know what you guys are making great use of, though. By the way, because oh, you yeah. get all your all your figurines and stuff, and I like that the shelf has like light in it. Yeah, that was part of the reason we bought it, honestly. Yeah. Oh, and the TV and that giant ass like CRT TV <laughs> that just sits next to it. Yep. Because originally, what we were gonna do was like, I was gonna put CRT in that, and then use the bookshelves as bookshelves elsewhere in the room. And then the CRT didn't fit because it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be able to fit a 34 inch TV. Right. My CRT is 32. I was like, you know what? Perfect. This works. This, this damn Sony is just a bit too wide. Yeah. So I'm glad that you now believe that this thing is absolutely massive and almost impossible to move. It is. I was just like, I don't know how you and Chelsea and whoever helped you get in there. But there was four of us. Well, did you mention when we were talking last time about the guy who's trying to buy your car? Fuck off. <laughs> it's got, getting stupider and stupider. You got 50 bucks out of it. That's all that I got. Happened. $100 out sorry. of it. Yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> he drove from what? Edmonton? Edmonton. He rented a car. And then he just bailed. It gave me $100. I'm like, all right. Like, the. Yeah, because, like, we had scheduled, like, dinner for six. And, and, like, originally the idea is, like, you guys come and hang out or hang out beforehand. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to push back this half. Like, the guy, like, basically invites himself to see the car at 3 p.m. And we're like, oh, no, we're kind of busy. How about, like, a different time? No, I see you. Okay. And we're like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> and then, like. He then said, okay, I'll be there around 345. We're like, okay, so we show up at 345. And he's already been there for like 15 minutes blocking the AMA parking lot. I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> selling cars is, uh, don't do it. Did you guys end up selling it or no? Not yet. Oh my God. So bad, so bad. But yeah, then Ooh, our last no. day, we went to the Calgary Zoo and we got to hang out, so. Yeah. Uh, we saw like a penguin stancing up, saw the tiger. Yep. I think it's the first time I've ever... No, I've eaten at the zoo before. The, the dino nuggies? The dino nugs. Yeah, no. So, sounds like you guys had fun. That was really good. Yeah, it was a really good time. It was really sad, I think, flying home, because it was just like... We had so much fun, and it went by so quickly. They were like, oh, time to leave. I think that's just how adult vacations work. Yeah, you gotta go back to the soul-crushing reality of life. Yeah. Well, it's like... I remember when we came back to the honeymoon, it's like, man, I wish I, I wish we had a few more days. Yeah. Well, I know like in one of the last days we were there, Katrina, Des, and Katrina is Des friend, Brendan from school. They, we met up, we were hanging out one night and we're sitting, I don't know, I can't recall where in Calgary, or we're sitting on a park bench looking at the skyline or the city line of Calgary. And I was like, I just sat there. It was like 1130 at night. I just sat there looking at it going, I couldn't live in this city. 
Oh yeah, no, I I really do like living in Calgary. Yeah, I think that's probably maybe our plan in the next not immediate plans, but maybe the next couple of years. Makes we'll sense. Seriously, re- seriously think of relocating just because everything's cheaper. We can afford to live there. Yeah, like Duncan's and even Duncan's impossible. Yeah. Although I've heard at least house prices are going down while they're going up in Calgary. Yeah. But that's the way she goes. It is the way she goes. But you know what, Tim? If if I do relocate to Calgary, you know what that means. We could just record in person. We're bunking at the gel at the at the Gen C's. No, I'm kidding. Yes, oh, no. We'll, we'll be uh, recording in person. <laughs> so Tim, like I said, this is gonna be our this is our silver seventh season pre-show. Before we get into talking about that though, I feel like we should talk about some NHL news because there's some news that happened. There's okay. some stuff that was going on. And we're going to start off with talking about our beloved Ottawa Senators, Vladimir Tarasenko. One year, five million bucks. The David Runblad trade is complete. I, I remember waiting out like for some function at Queen of Angels and reading news on my phone. And I'm like, oh, this Tarasenko guy looks good. We traded the pick. And but like then Rudblad became Taurus, which then became a bunch of other stuff. But it's like I don't was I honestly I don't think it's even a question if uh, Vladimir Tarasenko was a better or worse player than uh Kyle Turris. Like no. A totally different player. Totally yeah. different player. Yeah, but you know what though, it is really nice to see that Tarasenko and the funny thing is is that I am kind of surprised that Tarasenko didn't get a bigger contract. The guy kind of screwed himself. Yep. And what's funny is like last year was considered a down year for Tarasenko, but like yeah. it wasn't even that bad of a year. No, if you really look at it, because again, he, he but in fairness, he was coming off a season where he really bounced back with 30 some goals. Yeah. Although he is on the wrong side of 30, one year, 5 million. It's a pretty low risk. It's a low risk signing. It doesn't perfectly replace Alex Debrinkit. No, but, but it's a stop gap until we see something, somebody comes up in the system. But at the same time, though, like if Tarasenko is closer to his 30 or 30, like his 30 year old self, instead of his 31 year old self in terms of micro stats with some finishing luck, he might actually do better than Debrinkit did as a senator. Yeah, but I also think that Tarasenko is going to fit in our system better than Debrinkit did. Uh, hard to say. And it's like, I I do wonder if Ottawa is deeper now than... The, well, the decor is probably one of the better ones in the league. Mm-hmm. The hard thing is, is like, is uh, is are the forwards better than they were last year? That's really the big question. Yeah. It's going to be tough. It's going to depend on who's going to come up in the bottom six. But you know what? I feel that, and I want to get your take on this. With Tarasenko signing here, is the expectation playoffs or bust? I think so. It has to be now, right? Because you look at our roster, you look at what we've been able to build. You know, we bring in Corpusalo, we brought Tarasenko in. Now the expectation is you have to make the playoffs. Yeah. And like the top six sounds legit. On paper, because you got Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla, who are legit super, like legit stars in the NHL, yep. plus Vladimir Tarasenko, and, and then your second line you have a Josh Norris, 
yeah, healthy Josh Norris, Claude Giroux, Josh Norris, Drake Batherson. Yeah. Or you can go, you can run back at Kachuk, Stutzla, Giroux, Norris, Batherson, Tarasenko. Yep. Like you have a lot of ways to line them up. And then all of a sudden your third line of red, of Greg Pinto Kubalik is a big improvement on last year. And then Joseph Kastelik and whoever you want to throw in in the fourth line, and you're, you're golden. Sorry, I'm going to actually say Grieg, Joseph, Kubelik, just because Pinto's not signed yet. I I think they get him done by the start of se- by training camp, though. Yeah, it'll be an easy, easy one year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's like, I'm very happy with the signing. Karasenko is definitely a big name player. But you know what? I think this, again, this signing really goes to show that Ottawa is now becoming a destination players want to go to. I think so. I mean, admittedly, uh, the way the Tarasenko arc went with Ottawa originally offering a contract, Tarasenko saying no, and then coming back to the much reduced contract does kind of suck. I am going to say right now, it's probably because Pierre Doran told him that they finally closed the Rito McDonald's. So true, so true. But there's been some other interesting signings. Uh, 1.6 for P.S. Suter. If I, like, that's the kind of, the frustrating thing about like the Zach McEwen signing is for that money, you could have had a much better player. Yeah. Like that's the opportunity cost for these small crappy contracts. Yeah. I mean, the Zach McEwen one, I really just, it's kind of a eh contract to me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Whereas I know everybody on social media, I was going to say Twitter, but you can, it's not X. That it's in- X. X. God, this is the worst. But anyway, now you know how we were talking about, it's funny how David Runblad became Tarasenko. We're going to talk about the big trade that happened since we last recorded, Tim. It would be five years ago in September, the Ottawa Senators made the trade with San Jose to send Eric Carlson to the Sharks. Less than five years later, the San Jose Sharks have traded Eric Carlson to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, before we get into talking about this trade, this confirms one thing, and one thing for me. The Senators won this trade. Oh, yeah. That's well, that contract is bad. Yeah. Do you want to read out this monster of a trade that Kyle Dubas hit? Like, this is a beautiful trade. And imagine if he managed to do something for Toronto. Go for it. The Pittsburgh Penguins, the Pittsburgh Penguins acquire Eric Carlson with a small retention of salary, so they're paying ten million. Dylan Hamiluk and a 2026 third rounder from San Jose, as well as Rem Pitlick. Nice little pickup. Montreal for their role in facilitating this trade, they take Jeff Petrie's contract, Casey DeSmith, Nathan Laguerre, and a second round pick from. Pittsburgh in 2025 as their payment for making this all work. Uh, Jack Petrie doesn't fit on Pittsburgh now that Carlson's there, and that clears $5 million salary. And taking DeSmith, who no longer fits now that Pittsburgh has their goaltenders, clears out another $2 million. San Jose from Montreal gets Mike Hoffman. Please note this is the second time that Mike Hoffman has been traded to San Jose. <laughs> I find it so ironic that Hoffman's involved with the Carlson deal. Mikhail Grandlin, Jan Ruda, and 
a condi- a top 10 protected first from Pittsburgh. This cleans out a bunch of mistakes that Hextall made as GM of the Penguins. Yeah, and that's the one thing I was going to mention was that it's good in a vacuum because Carlson just came off having 100 points, winning his third Norris Trophy, all good. Kyle Dubas, I mean, he did such a I 100% agree with everybody who talked about it. He did a great job in clearing up a lot of the mistakes. Yeah. So you nailed on the head with that. The other thing is, is like Mike Greer's insistence that he doesn't keep a lot of the contract, like doesn't keep a lot of the dead cap for that Carlson contract, which honestly he can't. The fact that he even just has 1.5 million dead for four years is kind of rough. Really, really reduced what he got for Carlson. Because what did he get? He got some useless roster players. Sorry, two useless roster players, a somewhat useful player, but overpaid paid player in Yan Ruda, and a first round. It makes Ottawa's return for Debrinkit look incredible. Yeah, I think for me, though, that Mike Greer, I would like to know what his mindset is right now, because I think that with trading Carlson, yeah, having a 1.5 for four years is rough for dead space, but essentially all of the big contracts on that team, with the exception of like, like Logan Couture still there, I want to say, Vla- is Vlasic still with the Sharks or is he bought out? Vlasic's still there. He's got three more years at seven million bucks. Yeah, so he moved out two very big contracts in Carlson and letting Brent Burns walk. Yeah. So essentially, no, they still have two years of Brent Burns. Really? Yeah, two point oh, two point seven right, million because they traded him to Carolina. Yeah. So honestly, this really signals is that they can at least try to rebuild. Yeah. They're not as as bad as is Minnesota right now. That's basically where his mindset is. Here's the difference, though. Minnesota's made it work. They've had to. Like, here's the, like they've managed to be a reasonable playoff team, and you really have to give Bill Guerin credit for what he's done. No, I totally give him credit for that. But again, with San Jose, they they're now in a position where they can fully develop without, you know, the amount of dead space that Minnesota has got. Yeah. But what's kind of, it's wild it's wild looking what the wild has been able to do. Like I'm not a big fan like Spurgeon Spurgeon, Brodeen, Middleton, Goligoski, John Merrill, Brock Faber is it's a pretty mid uh defense core. Caprizov, Boldy, Zuccarella, Erickson, Eck, uh Ryan Hartman, you could do better for your top six. But that's what's going to happen when you have or, sorry, $15 million worth of dead cap space. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. But it's like San Jose, maybe they should have chewed a bit more to get a bit more because that's going to be a slow, painful rebuild. Even with the uh, hurdle and Couture there to kind of guide the youngsters. Yeah. Because, well, here's the thing. They took on so many dead contracts too. Like that Grandlet $5 million for Mikhail Granlund woof they should have gotten more than a first for taking on Grandlet, hoffman and you know yeah but that could also show the inexperience of mike greer's general manager yeah, 
could have easily gotten more. Yeah. Well, it's like, I'm a little surprised. Yeah, he's only been on the job for a year. So it's like a lot of those bad contracts aren't his fault. But it's just, yeah, kind of rough. It is rough, man. It is rough. Now, we're going to move on and talk about a piece of news. And this was really rough. And I knew that the day would come. Patrice Bergeron officially announced his retirement. What's kind of incredible is that Bergeron... Actually, one trade I do want to talk... Like, we kind of did talk about it during the uh, free agent episode. Is Anthony Duclair... Maybe, maybe Mike Greer's trying to at least make the team possibly go for a playoff run here. But that defense core can't do it. No. Like, if your best defenseman is a washed... I guess you have Mario Ferraro, but like... You have a washed Vlasic. Jan Ruda is he's useful, but he's not a top guy. Matthew Benning is fine. Maybe that's what he's trying to go for. But uh and your goaltenders are Capo Kakadin and Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> that's not happening. Especially in that division, which is not the strongest of divisions. It's still fairly top heavy, but I don't Oh see. yeah, they're gonna get clowned on by Edmonton El. Well, no, that def- I'd say that division is competitive because you have Seattle, LA, Edmonton, Vegas, and Vancouver is getting better. And Calgary is a tweener. Calgary is going to be interesting, though. Yeah. Like, I actually think, call me crazy, but I think Vancouver is better now than they were last year. Because you have, like, Pedersen, Besser, Kuznetsov, Garland, Bolivier, J.T. Miller. Fine top six. That Philip Ronick pickup was really nice. No, that was good. So all of a sudden, Vancouver, uh, Quinn Hughes, Tyler, Quinn Hughes, Philip Ronick, Carson Soucy, Ian Cole. You have a legitimate defense core. And Thatcher Demko and Sp- Spencer Martin as your goaltending. Oh, and Ilya Mikheyev won. He's not injured. Vancouver's, I'm not sure they're a playoff team. Like, they're not a lock for the playoff teams, but they they could actually push for a spot. Like, they're not a bad team. Yeah, so talking about Bergeron here, and again, I feel like Patrice Bergeron is one of these guys that his impact off the ice surpasses what he was on the ice, and that says a lot because his on-ice play was so great. And I do want to bring up one thing in particular, and you've always brought this up when talking about the Boston Bruins, one of the big things when Bergeron came up and Chara came in, the Bruins got rid of hazing. Yeah. They got rid of the rookie hazing. They got rid of the, they said, okay, what good does this do? So essentially. Literally nothing. No. So in Boston, they helped foster a culture of winning. Yeah, not to, not to say Boston didn't already have a tradition in their team and whatever, but they brought that kind of culture and that sort of he's the example of what you need to do. Kind of like I feel like Anze Kopitar in LA is kind of the same thing, and I feel like the two are pretty compatible. The only difference is is that one's got two cups, the other's only got the one. Yeah. Although what's wild is if Bergeron wanted to. He could keep playing. The guy was phenomenal last year. 
Like he was playing as if he was 28. Yeah. And that goes to show just how well he's aged because a lot of players at that, especially at the center, a lot of them don't age very well into their thirties. Yeah, no, like 30 is the drop off. But what's weird is like, it seemed like Bergeron was getting better with age. And you very rarely see that in the NHL. The only thing that re- you really started to see him slow down in the last few years is he wasn't playing first line minutes. Like he was playing not like very heavy first line minutes. He was playing clo- like first, second tweener minutes just to kind of manage his age. Like that might just be he's gotten to the point where he's realized his body's starting to slow down and he'd rather go out as an effective player. Yeah. And much respect to him, right? And nobody would blame him for that. No. And like the guy's 37. The guy's going to be 38. Yep. That's wild. It is. And it really goes to show that there's an era of Bruins hockey that's coming to an end because Chara's gone. Bergeron's gone. There's been large speculation. David Krejci's going to fully retire. Yeah. So. It's sad. The Bruins are going to be a team next season, which they're going to be competitive, but they're not going to be what they were. Because you look at the who they are missing. Okay, so you're missing Bergeron, Krejci, Tyler Pertuzzi left, Dimitri Orloff left. You look at some of the big Nick Foligno. All these guys end up leaving. Now what is the Bruins going to be? Yeah. Like, yeah, what are they going to be? And that's kind of, I think that's what everyone, not like everyone's a bit broad, but it's like, I think that's been the big question in the Atlantic is, what is Boston going to be like? They've comp- they've managed to compete at such a high level for so long. Don Don Sweeney's management of the Bruins has kind of defied reality. Yeah, and it's been one of those things where, like, you know, for all the criticism that we've given for Don Sweeney's tenure in Boston, when he makes a good move or when he makes a draft pick that hits, it reopens and keeps that window open yeah because like what's like they still have Pasternak they still have Marshawn Marshawn but is Charlie Coyle going to be able to anchor a first line even if his wiggers are elite is Pavel Zaka maybe yeah then you also have Jesper Boquist and Patrick Brown Patrick Brown rounding out your centers or and Morgan Geeky was a nice little pickup but it's like that's the hard thing with Boston is you lose those two quality centers it's really hard to see where where you go because the rest of the team looks pretty good and it really is it's just are they a playoff team honestly you don't bet against the Bruins until they should give you a reason to yeah, well, now they brought back Jeremy Swayman for one more year. They're going to be strong in goal, but again, with Ottawa looking good, Buffalo really coming up, it's going to be... It's a, a tough lot, conference. It's going to be a lot harder to hold on. But at the same time, I think Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay didn't get any better, I don't think. Toronto got weaker. Yeah. Well, Toronto, Toronto still has to shed $3 million. Florida? Florida, Florida, I think, got a little weaker. Like, the only bad team in the Atlantic is Montreal. Yeah. Detroit's kind of a tweener right now. But... Yeah. I I do want... Yeah, so, like, 
I really do wonder about the defense for like, yeah, I, I'm not sure about Tampa. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, if one of those teams misses out, it's going to be Ottawa. And I, I'm going to say Buffalo. I'm going to say either Ottawa or Buffalo makes that run. To get into the yeah. Playoffs. And it'll be tight. It'll be really tight. I think, honestly, I think Ottawa is the better team than Buffalo. Yeah, but Buffalo can surprise teams. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we don't have, like, I know, like, Jeff Skinner is kind of a meat. But it's like, I think Ottawa has more star power. Yeah. And, Otto, like, Ottawa's defense is better. I'm not sold on go- Buffalo's goaltending. No, but you know what, though? Like, I'm not confidently saying Buffalo is a playoff team, but I'm saying they're they're getting very close. Yeah. I don't think a lot. I think a lot of people think like Tage Thompson is better than Tim Stutzla. And I don't see no, it. I don't agree with that. Tim Stutzla is so much younger than Thompson. Yeah. Well, I think it's just that pro us bot, like pro North American bot bias. Yeah. I never count out the Germans though. Yeah. So we're going to close out the NHL stories here, Tim. And we're actually going to talk about the Arizona coyotes because this news story broke recently in the last couple of days. The Arizona Coyotes, they're applying for land in Mesa for a new arena. Well, after the Tempe bid failed, they kind of have to. Because I don't know what other options they have. Honestly, and it, it, it's nice for my aunt and uncle who own a house in Mesa, but I'm just like, why are we continuing this? We've said this in the past. Why are the Coyotes continuing? move get a fresh start and you know what phoenix is big enough that years later down the road you could try again get an expansion team yeah that's where and you know what it's funny that i feel is where arizona as a state has not done it right because the only team that it was a I, I might be wrong i think the suns were expansion team the diamondbacks 100 were the cardinals weren't and the coyotes weren't Think of it. Two teams right there that are uh, kind of struggling right now. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, good on them if they can get the land and get a new arena in Mesa. Good on them, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that is uh, r- like, yeah, like who's going to do that? I don't know. I really- Not me. Not me for sure. Well, Tim, that wraps up our NHL news, which you mean only one thing. It's time to move on and talk about our Silver 7th season goals and a recapping our 6th season. But before we do that, we're actually going to take a quick break here, and we will come back to talk about this. Hey, this is Noah Wilson from Bolts by the Bay, and you are listening to the Third Line Plug Suncast. All right, Tim, we are back. So... It's time of the episode where we got to talk about our recap for season six and what we would like to accomplish for our seventh season, the silver seventh season, as I like to call it. So let's talk about the sixth season, because, you know, when I look back at our sixth season, I, I mentioned this in one of our last episodes, is that I felt like we were kind of spinning our tires with the season. Yeah. And it was very much a conscious decision on my part to scale back because 
again, when you look back on season five and everything that we really put into doing that season, it was a lot. It was a yeah. very taxing season. And while, while I say taxing, it was very rewarding. And we got to do a lot of our stuff like the monthly co-host. We got to do all kinds of cool stuff. But I know that, it, like I said, it was a conscious decision to scale back. One, because of that. But also, I know that you very much were ratcheting up your wedding planning. So yep. I said, okay, so that's fair. Tim, you know, him and Chelsea are going to get married in April. He's not going to... They just know, don't have the time. He's not going to have the time, but also his mind's going to be doing this, right? So I felt it was fair. But season six was a tough one because, you know, you and I were talking about this a couple months ago when uh, we made the decision to stop for the summer was that I was going through like ment- yeah. mentally, I was going through some stuff at that time. Like I was going through anxiety through leaving my job in September. And there was times like I wasn't in the best headspace to do it. I think it kind of showed where it was like some of the stuff, like, like the wrestling themed episodes for like, you know, the battle of Ontario stuff. It was just the clip. There was yeah. no script. There was no nothing. It was just kind of, okay, we'll just do it and we'll move on, whatever. And I got to a point, I feel because we scaled back, that it did feel a bit directionless and it did result by like late February, early March. I was just like, I, I'm let's burned. get her done. Let's get her done. I burned. And that's when I brought it up to you. I was like, look, are you, would you be cool with this? And you're like, yes, yes. because again, we're not being paid for this. We're not, it's not <laughs> like I haven't had opportunities to be paid for this, but we're not getting paid. For it's this not for- like people oddly were like, Hey, do you want to, do you want us to give you money for this? Okay. Do we have to help for companies we don't agree with? Maybe. Yes. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah. But that was some of the main things for season six. And it's not like, it wasn't like it wasn't a good season. Like we got to talk with some people. We brought them back to the show. Like Joseph came back. Jake Rivard came on. We had some really great people for season six. Yeah. But when you look back on it yourself, Tim, like what do you make of our sixth season? that's kind of the thing i it was like i was too focused on other stuff to really kind of take note you know yeah i feel like you and i very much were in the same boat of like we do this because we agreed to do this yeah yeah so let's make it fun again exactly which is what we're going to do in our silver seventh season tim because you know what I feel like the month that I took off really helped because I feel yeah. the last week or so, I think, I think I really got the itch to want to do podcasting again. Cause I, like, I shut her down at the end of, or beginning of July. I said, okay, we'll, we'll do this in September or whatever. And the itch came back and I was like, well, I guess we got to come back and do our pre-shows. <laughs> Are we doing the, are we doing the season preview episodes for? Oh, you better believe it, buddy. We are. That's oh, okay. coming back, man. We well, it's come on. We got to do our season preview shows. I love doing them. Yeah, we yeah. Love doing them. We love, and we know our fans love them. Exactly. It's not just Adam and Welland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, you mean your new co-host, Adam and Welland? That's right. Thank you, sir. You are absolutely correct. So yeah, for for excuse me, for our Silver Seven season, again the Battle of Ontario wrestling themed episodes are going to remain, 
but there's going to be some slight differences. Now, of course, I always call that third line plug is war. It's simply going to be called as third line is plug. Minus plug. Okay. It's a snappy title, eh? It's pretty yeah, nice. we work with that. We like that. Exactly. Now, in our fifth season, we did talk about we were doing monthly co-hosts. So in our fifth season, we brought Kelly. We brought Alicia Scadler. We brought a lot of people onto the show to be our co-hosts for the month. It was really fun. Yep. And when we were talking about doing our similar, our seventh season, that was one of the things I really wanted to bring up. And I suggested, what if we do that, but we get other fan bases? Oh, that can be fun. Yeah, more Jake Rivards. More Jake Rivard, buddy. I just want to get him on and be like, hey, Jake, do you remember that time I told you about the silicone nutsack injections? <laughs> the look on his face every time. He's just like, every time I come on here, guys, you always talk about it. I mean, it's a good story. It is a good story. Now, of course, we do have one fan base in mind that we're going to do. Now, of course, when we do our monthly co-host, we're going to try and do it in a way which that fan base's team is also playing the sense. It makes a lot of sense, right? So for me, obviously, the yeah. one, and I'm going to confirm right here and right now, Tim, the one fan base we've already are in talks well i'm not in talks with anybody right now but we you and i both agreed arizona yeah like that team is so wild it is so wild but you know what i, I, I just want to know what's going on i know and i have somebody in mind and i definitely want to reach out to them and see if they want to come on and talk about the sands and coyotes and have a good time and it's not going to be mike gould it's not going to be Mike Gould, okay. Yeah, I know, because that's a... I think that's what bothers my girlfriend when she sees his tweets. Is like, you know, he claims to be a, a Flames fan, but he always shits on the Flames and praises the Coyotes. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's fair, I guess. Now, of course, some of our listeners might be wondering, well, guys, what about the Ottawa co-hosts? Are you going to do them? Yes, we are. Yeah. We're going to be saving that for the first and second half recaps. I mean, good times. It is going to be good times. Now, I'm going to throw it over to you, Tim. Like, for our Silver 7th season, do you have anything in mind you want to... Uh, it's always so tough because it's like... It it always kind of feels like a moving target of what you want to do because it's like, oh, this would be cool. And then... He, it's like, oh, that wasn't as cool as I thought it was. Or this thing that I kind of threw onto the back burner and then finally did was the one that was actually the fun episode, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what I've always found with podcasting. So it's like, hmm, I don't know, maybe more, maybe find more ways to do podcast games. Yeah, and none of this bullshit where you're going like one year, four mil. Oh, Tay. Yes, that's the time of the show where we get an update from our last episode because I yeah. believe that you won. Price is right. I did. You and your stupid mean guests <laughs> although i could be a petty asshole and give you a half point because you got the money spot on but i got the team spot on to air that dub at arizona yep 3.9 million so good so good tim's four million <laughs> one year four million 
Oh, good lord, good lord. But one thing that we didn't do in in six in our sixth season that I really want to bring back is that I really want to try and do some more interviews this year. And we do have a couple of yeah. chellers in mind that we would like to bring on. We have the connections. We just got to maybe put the effort and try and get them. Yeah. We don't need to announce. We don't need to talk about the players themselves, who we have in mind, but we just got to get them. Exactly. We just got to get them kind of like how we got Ron talking about it. <laughs> yeah. That was a great interview. Hey, Ron, you want to come on our podcast? Yeah, sure. Hey. It worked. I think that's how everyone that we've gotten on has worked. Hey, do you want to call our podcast? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Noodles. Ian Mendez. Brett Wallace. <laughs> yeah, it's just everyone's been... Yeah, sure. Alright, sure. Mendez would be great. We need to get, get him back on our Silver Seven season. Yeah. We'll see what we can do. See what we can do. Yeah. Now, the one thing for our seventh season that... I do have to make a comment on right here and right now, Tim, and you and I were talking about this, is that I will be potentially taking some time off in April to do a California road trip. Yeah. Yeah, we've already in the planning stages of that right now, so I might be missing an episode or two, but thankfully that's it. In April, that's like right at the tail end of the NHL season, so. Well, what if we're in the playoffs, Tay? Well, I'll be back for that, Tim. Oh, beauty. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is going to be a great season. I can't wait to get her started. And you know what? I think after this episode, I'm going to have to start planning our season preview shows. Yeah. Yeah, I'll figure out who we want on. Yeah, I already have two guys in mind. I would like and to then, get for Buffalo and Ottawa. Yeah, and I'm going to be in Victoria. Sorry, I'm going to be in Victoria for September, so. Nice. This works. This works. How long are you coming out for? Three weeks. Beautiful. 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 Let's go. So, Tim, do you have any more comments you want to make on this episode before we head it off for the close for another neat? No. I think we're good. I just thought I said another neat. Neat's not a another neat. What the hell's wrong with you, Tay? Yeah, we're going to throw it off for another episode, Tim. Yeah. And uh, before you know it, it will be season seven the silver seven let's go well guys thank you so much for listening to the third line plug sensecast i hope you've enjoyed it because believe you tim and i love recording it for you you can find us on soundcloud itunes google play and spotify as well as on social media at third line plug tim as at m901 honey badger on well i guess it's not called twitter anymore it's just x x I'm also on social media at Great White Gipster, GR8, WYTE Gipster. If you want to shoot an email to talk about this episode, or you actually want to give your predictions on the Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg fight, send us an email. Oh, Elon Musk bitched out. He totally bitched out. Yeah. Oh, Zuck's calling him out hard. I'm going to say I would take Zuckerberg in that fight. I always said that. Have you seen that dude? He's ripped now. I know. Which is funny. Well, I'm Elon's taking, a fat ass. I'm only taking Zuckerberg is because my brother-in-law's boss is Elon Musk. Like, what's he gonna do? Be there with <laughs> Tesla shirt on going, go boss! Woo! I don't want to get fired. Exactly. Oh, good times, good times. Until next time, guys. 
I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this has been Tim Jetsy. Joseph. Woo!